Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Come on, it's baptism Sunday. Let's celebrate everyone who's making a decision to get out of the old and step into being all in for God. It's pretty amazing. Hey, let's welcome those who are watching online right now. Let's welcome those that are in overflow here in the North location. For those that are at Lansing Correctional Facility, come on, let's welcome them as they're watching with us. Pretty amazing days in church. Hey, I've got an announcement that I'm making spontaneous in the moment. Uh, This service is going away in two weeks. Say bye-bye to North 10 o'clock. But like the Chiefs, we're just going to go ahead and decide to run it back. We'll be at 9 and 11 on Vision Sunday to make more room. We'll be pretty awesome. Uh, It's great to see everybody and uh, great to see those online. We love you all very much. God's up to great stuff here. It is a comeback season for life. It's a comeback season for church. I believe it's a comeback season for your life as well. Amen. Amen. You grab your seats. Let's thank the worship team. Phenomenal as always. We're in a series called Unlocking the New, The Christ in You. January is that uh, month of change in the year. We're trying to make everything happen, trying to grow or to shrink, depending on your decision. We're trying to make some positive changes in our life, but you already have inside of you the greatest opportunity to grow and to change. As a believer, you have the presence of God. And the high calling on your life is to become just like Jesus, more and more like Jesus. Jesus. So we believe that there's some plans in God's word that we ought to participate with. And it's a pathway to unlock more of Jesus. It's what the world needs more than anything. Doesn't need Christians going to church. It needs Christians becoming like Christ. And when we're gathering church, we need to be equipped to carry the culture of Christ to the world that's around us. It says in Galatians chapter two, Paul writes, my old self, who I used to be, has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live. In other words, God doesn't come and just take over your mind and your heart and make you into some sort of robot. No, no, no. I still got to live. I still got to live this life. But the way that I live now in this earthly body or in my flesh, I do it by trusting. Uh, One translation says, I do this by faith. I do it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Two weeks ago, as I kicked off this series, I talked about the password is personal. And I spoke about baptism and the power in that moment when Jesus was baptized. We looked at Matthew 3 and the voice of God boomed out over Jesus and affirmed him before he ever did a miracle, before he ever spoke a prophecy before he ever declared the kingdom of God before he ever multiplied the food and fed people before he ever helped people before he ever really served people that we know of he was already affirmed by God and we find that personal affirmation from our heavenly father and that unlocks our identity who we really are we're not people trying to earn attention from God no we have the very best of God right here now we have the presence of God we got the Holy Spirit And we don't have to try to earn God's best. We can live from God's best by leaning and even resting in who we already are in Christ. Paul says, who I used to be is dead and gone. But you're God, you're sustaining me in this life that I now live. I I don't live in my own ability. I've got supernatural grace. 
I got supernatural strength. I live it by faith, trusting in the one who loved me, gave his life for me. He's still with me. He's still in me. Today, we're going to carry the rest of that story. Where does Jesus go after the waters of baptism? He does 40 days in the wilderness, 40 days of going through it, 40 days of fasting, 40 days of time with God. He was stretched to his limit, tempted by the enemy in that place, but he overcame the adversity to step in to his destiny. If you're going through it today, you came or you tuned in to the right message. If you're going through a crisis, if you're going through a trial, hey, guess what? He will sustain you in that place. He will strengthen you in this place. And he will take you through to the place that he's prepared for you for this next season of your life. And I'll say this, as a believer, he has a ministry assignment for you, something on the earth. This is why you are here, to fulfill something great on the earth that God has called you to. And we can find Christ in this crisis. That's what I want to speak about today. Would you join me in prayer, those online, overflow Let's pray. Lord, we need you. We thank you that your word always points us to hope and healing through Christ. That we don't have to try to hustle and make it happen in our own ability. Yes, life can be a grind. Yes, it can be exhausting. But you are faithful. We don't have to work so hard for our growth. We can lean into you, find rest in you, and you will strengthen us. You will grow us. Lord, we're going to grow in our disciplines of following your word. But we're not here to try to earn your attention or affection. We already have it. That is where we find our identity in Christ and begin to change us and grow us into new ways in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Always make me sound so much better when the keys are playing behind me. I'm just excited about the Chiefs, first and foremost. I mean, I'm excited about Jesus and baptisms more. That's eternal. But, uh, man, I am excited. I, uh, I unfriended Tom today on Instagram. Unfollowed Tom. We're on first name basis, me and Brady. But uh, I said, just not this week, you know? We'll, we had a breakup. So it's a public breakup on social media. That's not funny, but I just... Sometimes I try to fill in the gap. I try to fill you out every once in a while. Like, are you really with me today? Or do I have to work so hard? Second Corinthians chapter 3, Paul again the capacity we have. How many feel like your capacity got stretched last year? How many ever felt exhausted in 2020? How many still feel the lingering effects that we were still carrying out, the aftermath of the separation, the isolation, the discord, the disunity, the strife, the politics, the pain, everything we face? How many feel a little bit depleted and you need your capacity to expand? Paul says the capacity we have comes from God. It is he who made us, I love this, he made us capable of doing something we can never do in our own ability. He made us capable of serving in this new covenant. Maybe you're new to church, you don't know what that means. In other words, Jesus brought us this new relationship with God that wasn't made available until the cross, the resurrection. When you said yes to Jesus, you're in this new covenant. It's a relationship built upon his goodness and grace, not your effort or your energies. Now, we give him our best effort when we give him our energies, and that grows us all the more. But he's made us capable, and he's given us this capacity. And nothing, I think, depletes your capacity quite like adversity. But we're going to find in the scripture by learning and following how Jesus did it, we can overcome trials, and we can find Christ in our crisis, and it can grow us. What was meant to destroy you, an attack of the enemy, a problem in your life, even when you inflict it upon yourself, 
you can find Christ in that place. He can strengthen you. He can stretch you. Just like resistance builds muscle in the gym, adversity actually strengthens your capacity. That's why God allows it to happen. I think there's so many things we're going to get to on the other side of eternity that we realize God saved us from. Like we didn't even have to go through it. The Bible says like your favor surrounds me as a shield. There's some things God just deflects. And yet when we go through some problems, God never wasted. God allows some to happen. Some of them we create on our own. And so all of them God uses to actually make us better because we can learn to rely on him in times of problem or in places of pain. But your willpower alone will not carry you through every crisis. Willpower is good. Willpower has some benefit. I mean, like the, the power of positive thinking, motivational speakers out there. Uh, some of the stuff they say is pretty good. Talk about discipline. They talk about, you know, getting a mental picture. How many got a vision board, dream board for your life? I think all the stuff that actually works has been ripped off and it's a cheap version of what's in the scripture because the Bible says the man thinks in his heart. So is he like some of that stuff is real, but your willpower can only get you so far. You need God's supernatural grace to get you to where you're actually called to be. You need God's guidance to get you to that place. And that's the difference between a, a high jumper and a pole vaulter. The difference between a high jumper and a pole vaulter is about 18 feet. They can go about 18 feet higher when they have something else to rely on. In their own ability, they can go to places that, man, that's incredible how high you went. But a pole vaulter laughs at the high jumper because he's going 18 feet, nearly three times as high as the high jumper is going. Why? He's got something to rely on that elevates him higher. That's grace. That's finding Christ in your crisis that you don't have to just get through it by gritting your teeth. Now, there's a grace for you to grow in new places and to go to new places you could not get in your own ability. How do we do that? Well, we do that by the presence of the living God. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, get a hold of this church, lives in you. You don't have to go find that presence. No, it is present already, even in your life, even in your problems. You've got the presence of the living God. And just as Christ, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. In other words, your daily physical life by the same spirit living within you. Whatever you are facing, you are not facing it alone. Christ is in the middle of your crisis. And you have that same spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, the overcoming spirit is on the inside of you. Now, Jesus says you're going to have trials. I mean, Jesus is the good news. He's the gospel. He's the good news about what God has done for us. But he says, hey, I've got some other news for you. I'm still the good news, but you might go through some bad days. John 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have, it's not a word we like very much, but it's a reality, tribulation. You're going to have some tribulation. What's tribulation? It's trials, distress, it's troubles, it's problems, it's people problems, it's financial problems, it's physical problems, it's all sorts of problems. But be of good cheer. In other words, I've got good news on the other end of the bad news that you're facing. I have overcome the world. I'm greater. I'm stronger. I've broken through. And guess what? You're with me and I'm with you. The greater is he that is in you, the Bible says, than anything that's in this 
world. But you're going to go through some stuff. But how do we get through what we're going through? How do we find Christ even in crisis? I think many times we think we're going to just avert every problem with one prayer. That's not how it happens most of the time. Again, I don't know all the things that God spares us from. I'm grateful for it. I'm looking forward to eternity just to find how good he was all the time in my life. But many times God allows us not to just go around him or over problems. We go through them. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they went into the fire. And guess what they found there? Christ. Christ in the crisis. Just like the Israelites, before they went to the promised land, they walked into a, a flooded Jordan River. And as they went into the crisis, then God created a way where there wasn't a way. The Bible says there's no temptation that's uncommon to man. But God will make a way of escape. But we don't always get to escape over or around. Sometimes we escape through. But your crisis that you're in right now, or maybe we'll face this year, does not have to end in defeat. The only thing that can get defeated in your crisis as you lean into the presence of the living God is that flesh in you, that old you can go away more. So the more of who you really are, that Christ in you can be unlocked. So your real destiny can be on the other end, on the other side of this, this struggle that you might be in. Your crisis doesn't need to end in defeat. It can end in victory. Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things, all the things you might be facing, we are what more than conquerors through him who loved us. In Matthew 3, we talked about a couple weeks ago, Jesus' baptism moment. He rocks up to his cousin, JTB, John the Baptist, and uh, he shows up in that moment, gets in line for baptism like several people will do today. And it's an amazing moment. It's this revival service. And John the Baptist is like, whoa, here comes the one. This is the one we've been waiting for. The first messianic prophecy about, about the coming of Jesus is Genesis 3. We got 4,000 years that they've been waiting. And then Jesus had 30 years on the earth. We hear about him when he's about 12 years old saying, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? And we got 18 more years until he shows up in his time in ministry, which you might feel like some of the things God's called you to feel like they're on delay. God knows what he's doing in your development. And, and John the Baptist is like, no way I'm going to baptize you. And Jesus quotes the prophet Mandalorian and says, no, this is the way. This is what we're doing. Jeremiah said so. Isaiah said so. This is what needs to be fulfilled in prophecy. I love that Jesus himself submitted to someone else's ministry and authority before he moved into them. Oh, the humility of Jesus. What a beautiful thing. But then out of the baptism's waters comes the booming voice of affirmation. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But right from that moment of affirmation, then comes a crisis. Then comes a trial. Then comes a testing. I would say this to everyone's getting baptized today. You're going to have a moment. I think God's going to speak to your heart. Something's going to change. I, I can't explain. I know it's a natural act, but it has a spiritual significance. And something happens in your world, in your life. It's so beautiful. And yet you know that you're going to leave from there. And not everything's going to change about your future. Some of the crises you're already in are still going to be there. Some things in your week might actually be detrimental or come against you. You might have some adversity this week. But the good news is you don't do it alone. You have Christ in the middle of the crisis. Matthew 4, Jesus out of the water. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by dun, 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 the devil. Not a fun way to kick off your ministry. But God uses adversity to build your character so that you can fulfill your calling. God doesn't always lead you into perfect situations. 
but he will use crisis to perfect you for your final destination, your ultimate calling and purpose. It says for 40 days and for 40 nights, Jesus fasted and he became hangry. Come on, how many know that is like the most true thing in the Bible right there? I love that they put that in there, Matthew's gospel, that he was very hungry. At the time, the devil showed up to tempt him. And what does he tempt him with? He tempts him with trying to discredit the very last thing God had just said to him. You ever feel like God's given you hope or a promise or an opportunity, and then all you hear after that is an onslaught of attack against that very promise, that hope, that thing you've been believing for? I think that's always a good sign that God advancement is on the way because the enemy loves to discredit what God is wanting to add to your account and to your life. The devil comes and says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus says, no way, that's not how it's going down. He says, people don't live on bread alone, but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God, which is if you are not arming yourself with scripture to strengthen you in times of attack and trials and crisis, you're missing the beauty and the power of God's word. The Bible says it's like a two-edged sword that can cut through all the nonsense of life and show you what truth really is. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. Again, he questions him with the last thing here. If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Oh no, the devil knows the Bible too. This is why you need more than one verse in your life to build your life upon. Jesus responds, no, the scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. He said, I will give you, I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Now, it's interesting, this final test is because this is actually the end goal of Jesus. He is in every knee bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is actually where he's headed, but the devil tries to give him a shortcut that doesn't include the cross. The, the devil tries to give him uh, the, the, the payoff without some of the pain or the problems. But Jesus knows I'm not going to get what God really has by surrendering to a shortcut of the enemy. No, I've got to learn to surrender to what God is wanting to strengthen and sustain me as I keep walking this life out. And I just want to tell anybody who wants to hear this today, if you've taken shortcuts before and thought that it would pay off and only to find it empties because shortcuts will never lead you to the significant places of God. Don't ever take the enemy's shortcut. Your destiny doesn't get, you won't get there by a shortcut. In your relationships, don't settle for something you know isn't what God has for you. In your sexuality, don't take a shortcut of fulfillment. It will always leave you emptier than before. There are no shortcuts to the significant thing God wants to do. And the longer you have to wait, normally the greater it is. So if you've been waiting for the God thing up to this point, keep on holding and believing to that promise. And he who promised is faithful. And at this time, Jesus has had just about enough and says, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must not worship, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. To find Christ in your crisis, it teaches us that we're going to have to overcome some adversity, some temptation, some frustration, maybe addiction, disappointment, loneliness, despair. 
people problems. We're going to go through some of those things, but we're not going to go through those alone. What do we learn from Jesus? I think Jesus remembered where he came from. And what do I mean by that? Of course, he came from heaven, and the Bible says that he'd be returning to heaven, but Jesus had just come out of the waters of baptism. Like we talked about two weeks, he already knew he was affirmed as the Son of God by God himself. He didn't need anyone else giving him a discredit to what he held true in his own inside world. Some of you need to remember this, how far you've come. I mean, you've made it through. Some of you are still in church after the, the year of all years, 2020. I don't know what you faced last year, but I hear lots of stories and people in our church, small business owners, waiters, people that lost jobs, opportunity, relationship, feel like they were stuck and stalled out. But guess what? You're still here. You've already made it this far. Won't God take you a little bit farther? Remember how far that you've come from. And Jesus stayed the path. He didn't allow this attack, this animosity, this adversity to divert him from the journey that God already had him on. Jesus was still drenched in the waters of God's approval. And yet many of us have allowed the desert world we live in to dry us out. This is why the way you're going to get through what you're going through isn't by your willpower. It's by God's sustaining power. And you find that power with intimacy. It is about intimacy with God. The closer you allow him, and he wants to be closer than you even know, the more intimacy you have, the more power you're going to experience in your daily life. And I believe there's even more supernatural power you're going to see him work through your life. Intimacy, like if you're with your loved one, your, 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 uh, your, your spouse, like you had an attraction at first, but intimacy is developed with time and attention. And some of you, you've gotten dry from the waters of God's approval. They've dried out in this desert life. It's because you're not giving the Lord your time and attention. And I don't say that in judgment, and that is not legalism. That is the truth of this relationship that we have, is that we can be as close to him as we want to be. But we've got to give time and attention. Jesus wasn't just fasting in the wilderness. He wasn't just laying out under a cactus trying to survive 40 days. No, he was praying and growing in his relationship with his father. This is why he is strong and sustained even in adversity is because he had intimacy with God. So you're trying to just fight through the, the, the struggle, fight through the pain, fight through the problem, just try to grit your teeth through the crisis. You're not experiencing the intimacy of heaven. Some of your most beautiful times in worship, and I believe most powerful moments of breakthrough come when you worship and praise God in the midst of crisis. It's in the midst of pain. It's in the midst of problems like Paul and Silas praising at midnight after receiving a flogging and a beating and still in change. They chose to pray. And in that moment of intimacy, God shook them free from what was holding them back. In the same way, your worship, your praise, your attention, your prayer, your affirming who God is in your life will shake you out of some of the things that have become strongholds in your life, in your world. The devil says, if you are the son of God, you've got to get your identity issues sorted out. It will cause you so much pain and so much delay. And you only find out who you really are by discovering closely the one who created you and designed you and destined you. Secondly, I think you've got to know where you are. Jesus was in the desert, not on the cross yet. He hadn't come to the place of fulfillment. He wasn't even close. He said a three-year journey to his end destination. Jesus understood that nothing good grows in the desert. 
He wasn't going to find nourishment there or satisfaction. That was a time for him to grow closer to God and to overcome the enemy. But many of us, why are we trying to feast in places of famine? What do I mean by that? Is you're trying to find your satisfaction from the things of the world all around you. And they will never satisfy soul and spirit in the places that the world looks for attention or affection or affirmation. You guys got real quiet today. You must be in crisis. John 17. Jesus says, God, leave them in the game. God, keep them in the fight. He says, I'm not asking you, God, to take them out of the world, them being the disciples, his followers, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. You know, you are in this world for a significant reason and in this season. You've been saved and positioned and being redeemed and in the family of faith for something so much, something that's eternal. And so Jesus says, I'm not taking you out of every problem. I'm leaving you in the game. I know you might be tired, but I need you to fulfill your purpose. God, would you protect them in this place? But if we're trying to sustain and strengthen ourselves, just like the world does, we're trying to feast in places of famine. It will never be fulfilling. I love that it says they and them as he's speaking to the disciples. Which me speaks the power of community that you're not in this thing alone. Some of you have been absolute Lone Ranger believers. Maybe just you, maybe just you and your spouse. And you love the church and you like to come and worship with us, but you never participated in community. And this, you're missing such a beautiful part of our faith is that when we participate together, God strengthens us, makes us better. You make others better as they make you better. And as connect groups kick off in a few weeks, whether you do it with a person in a house, with a group, or even do it on a Zoom group online, there are other believers for you to walk through and they need what you've got and you need what they've got. We strengthen and sustain each other. Jesus says, leave them in, but you will never find your satisfaction in the desert place. Please understand this, that adversity now meets, means advancement later. This is why you can praise God like Paul did for the problems and the trials and the afflictions. Because he says, I know it's creating for me a glory that far outweighs the grind of what I'm going through. So if you're in adversity now, hey, that's actually good news. That means there's strength for you on the other side. That means you can find Christ in the crisis. That means you can find something greater here that you couldn't learn any other way. That's why God allowed you to go through what you're going through so he could get that good thing on the inside of you to come to fruition. Because a faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. And anyone can talk a big faith game when everything's going well. But can you lean into the one who gave it all to you, all for you? Can you find that presence, that spirit of the overcomer when you've got some things that you need to overcome. Something greater in you than anything in this world. Christ in your crisis. I think sometimes the work is difficult. The Bible says when you've done all you can to stand, you still got to stand. There's a supernatural grace that you can find at the end of yourself. You can find the, the beginning of his never-ending ability and his power. So where are you at? Are you trying to sustain by the fruit of this world? Or you realize I can't find a feast in the middle of a famine? I can't find anything good in this desert life in this world. I got to have something stronger, something greater. Third and finally, I think Jesus knew, Jesus knew where he was headed. He was headed somewhere better. Not without difficulty. I mean, Jesus went through more affliction, discredited by his own family, his own hometown. They didn't believe him. He went through it all. 
But the Bible says he went through it all and won so that we can tap into that spirit of victory ourselves. Know where you're headed. I want you to grab a hold of this. This might sound like hype. It is absolute truth and hope. You were made for more. You were made for more. And God allows you to go through some things that are resistance or struggle or crisis is because he's trying to develop the more in you. Because that is where you really find him and his great strength for your life. I think we overcome adversity by focusing on destiny. Get a big picture of what God wants to do, what he's called you to. Again, as soon as Jesus exits the water and the validation of heaven, what's attacked? is identity, if you really are, if you really are, if you really are. So in the same way, when you've got something in your heart you're believing God for, and all you're facing is resistance from that thing you've been holding on to, that promise you've been trying to build your life or anchor yourself to, when the enemy comes at that, it's because it's true. And he knows if he can get you to quit believing the truth about your in Christ identity, he can steal the Christ in the crisis that you're going to need to get through what you're facing. And yet when we take a shortcut when we miss it, which we all do. Jesus was the only one who ran this thing perfectly, ran the perfect race and will perfect us in a race. But when we miss it, he's right there. I don't know about you, but I've missed it. Many times I've missed it. Many times I've given in and said something out of my flesh response. That part of me hadn't been crucified yet. Many times I gave up faith when I I had doubts and I allowed them to come louder than that affirmation of the promise that God has spoken to my heart. But good news for us, Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. For every time you failed and faltered in the crisis, in the desert, in the wilderness, God's grace makes up the difference every single time. So quit living in the wilderness mindset of your mistakes or your issues. You don't even have to own them anymore because they've already been nailed to the cross. Your sins are as far away from you as east and west, which last time I checked is forever away. And so you don't have to hold on to every time where you fail. What you need to hold on to is this grace you have today so that we can go farther than we did the time before. So we don't falter where we messed up in times past. So we can actually grow in our calling and our character because Christ wants to meet you in the crisis, take you through the crisis, develop you in the struggle because there's something significant on the way. And I love this thought. I had never seen this this way until this week. I know some of you had seen it because you're just Bible scholars, but I got this for the first time. When Satan tells you to jump down from the high place and the angels will catch you. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to do that. But then right after Jesus rebukes the enemy, Matthew 4, 11, the devil went away and the angels came down and took care of Jesus. This is what I love about this. Jesus was tempted to take a shortcut to prove something, but Jesus stayed strong in that place, stable in that place resisted the enemy and the enemy fleed that's what the Bible tells us there was a resistance there was a testing there was a trial but he didn't have to go jump off something to get God to catch him he had to go make it happen in his own the angels came to him this is good news for you and me if you can stay in that place of obedience stay in that place of promise stay sustained by the grace of God you don't have to go find it it's coming to you The thing you've been believing for, the grace of God is already on the way. God will sustain you 
when you can't stretch and get there anymore on your own ability, He meets you in that place. He has already sent His best Jesus that lives on the inside of you. In this grace, stand strong. You can find Christ in your crisis. Guess what? Help is on the way. In fact, you already have it. The power of Jesus Christ on the inside of you is greater than any battle you will ever fight, any problem you have with people, any issue you have with your family of origin, any addiction that you've been struggling with, what you have on the inside of you is greater than any and everything in this world. Do you believe that? I wanna pray for those that are in crisis, those that are in struggle. I believe that God has something for you, even those online right now, if you're in a place of pain or a problem, that Christ is gonna meet you in this crisis. He's gonna strengthen you through this. He's gonna develop you to become more like Him. And I even believe supernatural is gonna grace you for victory, that you can stay standing when you've done all to stand and the help is on the way. Supernatural help from heaven is there. It's actually already inside you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone. Under the sound of my voice, everyone watching online, everyone in overflow, everyone who's leaning in and I don't know what they're facing in this moment I don't know what they're going through but I do know you are with them fully completely and you would said you would never leave them or forsake them maybe everyone else has run out on them but you're actually coming to their aid so Lord I speak peace in the storm I speak strength where they've been weak and I speak a supernatural breakthrough over that problem, over that crisis, in that wilderness, in Jesus' name. Jesus, show up in their finances. Jesus, show up in their anxious mind. Jesus, show up in the problematic relationships. Jesus, show up in their past pain. Jesus, show up in their uncertainty where they don't know where to go. You're going to lead them. You're going to guide them. You're going to provide for them. You're going to restore them. Show up in a place of sickness and bring your supernatural healing. Lord, we refuse to settle for any less than your best. You've given us your best. And that is the beginning of the promise that you're going to lead us to. So, Lord, I thank you that in the midst of this crisis, Jesus Christ is being revealed in them and through them like never before. Stay in this moment of prayer. Let's just bow our heads and eyes. Close our eyes for a moment. If you're going the wrong way, if you've taken the shortcut, if you've given in to temptation, there is forgiveness for you completely. You've got to acknowledge that you missed it. That's what repentance means. It means a change of course, a change of direction. If you've never said yes to Jesus, don't miss this moment. Psalm 119, verse 59. I thought about the wrong direction in which I was headed, and I turned around and came running back to you. That's an Old Testament psalm. Let me tell you about the New Testament reality. Jesus tells the story that the father, who was rejected by the son that ran the other way, when the son just began to turn back, as soon as he saw him coming back home, he wasn't waiting for the son to come running to him. He went running to the son. That's the beauty of the cross. God has already ran down the hill of Calvary to meet you in your place of brokenness. But if you've never given your life to Jesus, let today be that day. Think about where you've gone, where you've gone wrong, where you've taken shortcuts in the wilderness and realize he has forgiven you already and he will restore you here or watching online and you've never given your heart to Jesus or maybe you need to come back to him but no one looking around if that is you I'm not going to single you out but I am going to pray for you in fact we're all going to pray together and this is a moment a beautiful moment of surrender we call the salvation prayer it's a believer's prayer to put your trust in God for the very first time or maybe to put your trust in him again with no one looking around if that is you you 
Think about where you're at, where you've missed it. You need to come home to his grace and his goodness. If that's you, would you just have the audacity and the humility? Just raise your hand and say, Pastor God, that's me. I need a fresh start. I see your hand in the back. I see two of you. That's awesome. Three of you, four of you, five of you. That's amazing. Those online, let us know that you're making this decision. It's incredible. Can we pray this prayer all together? Come on, join with me. Say this with me. All together as one big family. Even those online, say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for saving me. Not by my own works, but by your finished work. At the cross, you paid the ultimate price. You gave up your life so I could find grace. I give up my old life. It's dead and gone. And I'm alive in Christ. I am saved in Jesus' name. From today on, I am all yours forevermore. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I believe it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate everyone who prayed that prayer?